everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Kerry, I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottcowie.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. Before we get to an interview with Ailey, I am joined by our co-host, a guy that I've known for a while now, Murdo Mitchell. How are we, Murdo? I am good. How are you, Scott? You know me, Murdo. Can't complain, never do. First time I seen Murdo play was the Glen Hansard gig at, where was it? The Fruit Market, the old Fruit Market in Glasgow. That was, that was good. That was, that good. was really good. Murdo's got a, a, a knack for being able to talk his way into anything. I really didn't want him on this podcast, but somehow <laughs> he's managed to find his way here to... to, to to basically find his way into presenting this show, I need to kind of watch my back really because before you know it, featuring next week, it'll be Murdo's podcast. But to be serious, Glenn Hansard had you up playing that night. How did how did that come about? Uh, well, I was I was busking in the street uh, at the start of twenty thirteen, and he walked past my dad. I was I was still you know I still look young. I'm still a young guy. So my dad was there, and my dad uh, my dad saw him in the audience. And then I realised who he was because I mean, if I'd known he was watching me, I'd have been playing a lot better. Like, because I was the audience being the audience in the street. If yeah, the like, audience right, in the street. Okay. Yeah, sorry, a crowd, the crowd. Yeah, and um, and 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 I realised who it was, and I so I gave him a big hug, and I got a picture with him, and I, I said, "Oh, fire you up in, in in Scotland," and he said that he was playing a gig at the old fruit market. I said, "Oh, great! So there's still tickets left. So I will be able to get tickets." Knowing that it was probably going to be a sellout, and then so he was like, "Do you see what I mean, everybody? Already, <laughs> he's managed to talk his way in again. He's met the guy for like two seconds, and he's going, yeah, so what free stuff can I get off of this guy? <laughs> Sorry, Murdo, continue.' Um, and, I, and so I was like, and, and no, yeah, so I, so I what's funny is Murdo's dad's actually in the background here, and he's nodding his head <laughs> in agreement of what I'm saying. Got like, yep, yeah, that's our Murdo. Murdo, continue. <laughs> thank you, thanks. Uh, no, so and then he said, "Well, uh, I've got two free tickets. So I'll, I'll put your name in the door." Uh, and so that's what he did. So I, I went along, and I was I was quite excited. Not once in that, uh, you know, going there did I think I was ever gonna manage to get up on the stage and and play a song with him. But uh, yeah, so I so I went, I went I went along. I was enjoying the gig, fine. Then he then he pointed to somebody halfway through and goes, "Are you Murdo?" And it and it was the wrong person. Yeah. I was, so I, I was like, "Here." So I stood up and I was like, "No, I'm Murdo." And then, and in a very aggressive manner. Yeah, well, I was, he didn't really. <laughs> I, yeah, and so, and so, yeah, and, and he was. Uh, uh, I've lost my words now. He got you up on the stage because I can remember. You're absolutely right. He said you Murdo, and the guy actually responded. We're going to continue to because a man has just entered the hey, room. Scott. Hey, 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 Graham. Graham Duffin here from Wet, Wet, Wet. Now, Graham, we've got Ailey McKellar coming up on the podcast, and we were watching her video earlier yeah. on. How good is Ailey on the guitar? She's quite exceptionally good for someone of that age to have the restraint and the authenticity in her playing and her sound. It's really very inspiring. Yes, great. Graeme's just said in a sentence what I will struggle to say in about 10 minutes when I'm trying to sum up how good Ailey McKellar yeah, is, but she uh, really is. I, oh, she's magic! Hey, by the way, 
Yeah, and even that was more articulate than the way I put oh, it in the intro. But um, without a doubt, and of course we've got Graham here, we've got Murdo here. It's all good. But Graham is in a flying. Hey, he's been, he's oh, been, yeah. he's been mixing. Next, it's all happening through here. You just never know what's gonna, who's going <laughs> to burst in the door next. But yeah, great player, and I will send you a copy of this because Ailey is going to come on with our guitar today. That's awesome. I look forward to hearing that. So say hi to Ailey from me, and I wish her all the very best. There you go. The Jews will have a. A bright and sparkling career. Well, I'm sure he'll get you. She has already, so <laughs> what do I know? That's great. Graham Duffin dropping in the studio there. Yeah. Strange that. <laughs> hey, we're just going to continue, everybody. He's opening up the door and he's shutting about. We're going to go Bye. completely, completely, un completely unedited here. Right, so Glenn Hansen. I know. I'm one of those dads. Now just milking it. Now he's just milking it. There you go. I'm actually going this thing. And uh, Wet 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 will be playing uh, in a town somewhere near you. Just go to the website and check out. I think that's what Graham was actually in for. Right, Murdo, so Glenn Hansen, he gets you up on the stage. I could kind of take yeah, well, that story. He, he told the story. He told the story about how he saw me busking and I asked him to play a song. Because actually, yeah, in the street, I asked him to play a song. I was like, let's, let's play a song together. But I had only five strings at the time. And he was like, oh, you've only got five strings. And so I was like, yeah, but you, you play holes in your guitar. <laughs> So uh, so that wasn't an excuse, but he didn't play a song in the street and then when he was telling uh, the audience, you know, how I asked him to play a song, some the guy behind me goes, play it now! And then the place starts, like, all oh, everybody starts shouting out. And so I was totally like, oh, this is exactly what you want. <laughs> so I went up on stage, I, I was walking down, I was, I was kind of, I was, I was worried because I thought he was, right, genuinely, right, I thought he wanted me to play one of his songs, right? And I was thinking... I didn't know who you were till yesterday. Was, I'm joking, because I know you were a massive fan, of course right, I am too. But I was thinking, I've never really learned any of the songs. And I don't even know the words to a lot of them. I just like, I love the, I love the music. And, uh, and so, so he got me up and, and he just gave me the guitar. So I thought, I'll just try it out. And, and all the bands started joining in. And there's a good video on YouTube, actually. Murdo... Mitchell on YouTube, uh, you can you can type my name in, and it's the first one that should come up. It's a, it's a good video, and of course I was there, and that's where I met Murdo because um, I was actually I went I was on a walk in Buchanan Street the next day, and I bumped into Murdo, and I said I met you, I seen you play last night, and Murdo and I have, have kept in, in touch ever since because we're both big fans of Glenn Hansard and we're both big fans of the guest in the podcast today, Ailey McKellar. Ailey McKellar, fantastic, isn't she? Really good guitar player, because you and I were talking about this earlier. When I mentioned to you that she was going to be on, you're like, listen, I want to call Check out on that YouTube one. if you've not already. The videos of her and Joe Bonamassa are particularly good. The one that, one that you and I were, were speaking about at length. Um, there's there's footage out of, of Ailey that we're going to talk about her today. One, one, day I'll be, one day I'll be that good. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's, uh, I mentioned on Twitter earlier and on Facebook that we've got Murdo Coast in the podcast today. So it's a couple of people have tweeted in with questions. Um, one of them is from at Sarah ninety eight. Uh, what was Murdo's last single "Better Than Me" written about? So tell us about the single and how it came about. Well, uh, well, it was it was it was originally the first two the first two verses were were wrote about uh, were written about a girl. Um, that I, I obviously quite liked, and so, but then, but then, f about two years after writing the first two verses, I couldn't, I still couldn't get a chorus written for it, and then eventually I just thought, oh, I'll try it, I'll come back to it. So I came back to it, played it. I changed, the, I changed the first lyric because the first lyric used to be intelligent at only fifteen, right? 
But I thought, like, if I get older and start singing, it'll be a bit kind of, you know. Gary Glam? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. But he can't, he won't be able to hear this because he's got his computer confiscated. Sorry, <laughs> Mardon, you go. And, uh, and, and yeah, so, what was, oh, see, see you interrupting, right? And, yeah, and so I came back to it and I wrote the, 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 the bridge and the chorus and it just all kind of fitted together. And I think it's probably the best song I've wrote so far. And if you like it, actually, you should you should maybe you should maybe uh, check check out on iTunes. Absolutely. So once you get done watching that YouTube clip and Murdo with Glenn Hansard, then go on <laughs> iTunes and buy his material. Preferably buy his material first. I would strongly suspect Murdo. Eh? I'll I'll speak on his behalf. An, anyth- buy buy an, his single. A- anything, anything to you know. I, I just do it for the the love of music. And 70, 79 pence. Just make sure you do it. Right, okay. Um, t- at Timophonics, uh, seeing you busking, who's that moron that is always following you, dresses the same as you, and wants to be you? <laughs> I don't, I, I've got no idea what oh, Timophonics oh, is, is talking about. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is, this is, that, that, will, that would be Jonathan Boyd. Okay, uh, at, at Davy Wavy says, can you stop busking on Buchanan Street? I used to like walking there. Because these are real questions, aren't these are, they? These are absolutely real. <laughs> I, I put on Twitter today, but um, I, I don't know. I would imagine murder will be busking in Buchanan Street for a long time to come. <laughs> but on a serious note, you were playing the garage now last month, right? Now, to be totally serious, this gig went down really, really well from what I hear. It was pretty much it sold did. out. It was, it was, was, there was, was very few tickets left. Right. Anyway. I, I, at the start, it was like from the first support that came on, there was there was like not a lot of people there. I was thinking, oh no, have I have I just booked a too big a venue now, and I'm going to look really embarrassing after all the hard work I'd put into it. Now, to to be clear, for anybody that doesn't know, obviously everybody listening from Scotland know about the garage, but this holds like what five hundred or something like it's, that. Well, the the big the big the upstairs room holds. 800 people, but this one that I was in holds 350 people. Right. So, but it was still a still it's very impressive. Because you're what, seven, well. you're 17? Uh, 16, turning 17, turning 17. Right, okay. So, I mean, it's quite remarkable to think that you've built up a fan, and you genuinely do have quite a fan base at, at your age. So, sorry. The skills tour helped that actually. I did a skills tour along with uh, a boy band called Rewind, and and that's and a lot of that kind of, a lot of kind of fans as such came from. Uh, the schools to her, so it helps. It, of course, it helps, and they're good supporters. So, what's going to happen next? Then, are you going to go for the, the? Are you hoping to get the bigger room in the garage? Is it? Is it? Is that? A, a, is that realistic within the next few months? Well, it, it seems to me like it's going in that direction. It right now, I just want as like as radio playing. Like, that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying for. Because if you do that, then because I mean, Dermot O'Leary played my song. Yes, I've seen that uh, as well. Which was which was good, and the amount of people that came back saying, "Oh, just heard this, just heard this," and so I just it was because I used to think, "Oh, who listened?" Like I mean, I know people listen to radio, but I used to always think, "Like, who's gonna listen to a song?" And go, "Oh, I really like that. I'm gonna download it now." But like, loads of people got back in contact and said, "Just heard it, just heard it. Uh, I'm gonna download it, etc., etc." And so I was just thinking, obviously, if you keep if you get radio play and get pushed that way. You're going to have more chance of success. 
within the music industry. Absolutely, well it seems to be heading in the right direction. We're going to talk a little bit more about this, but we need to get on to our interview now with the one and only, we've got her on the line, Ailey McKellar, fantastic guitar player. Two young musicians on the podcast today that have got a very, very bright future indeed. Um, Ailey's just actually graduated. We're going to we might have a chance to chat to her about that from Leeds College. Uh, she's down there tearing it up. So let's get right to the interview right now. In fact, I tell you what, Ailey, no messing about. Give us some guitar playing right off the bat. Go for it. Fantastic. That sounds great, Ailey. Now, I first heard you play, Ailey, on um, the gig that you done with Joe Bonamassa um, a while back. Now, tell us, how, yeah. did that, how did that come about, Ailey? Um, gosh, it was like, I think it was about 2009 or something. Right. But um, I started uploading um, um, just clips to YouTube when I was about 15, and it would just be me sitting in my room just playing and one time I uploaded a, just me kind of jamming to a, a Joe Bonamassa track called Blues Deluxe. And then one day I just got this email from somebody claiming to be Joe Bonamassa, being like, I saw your clip, I thought it was really good. Would you like to come play with me on stage? And I didn't actually reply because I was like, okay, somebody's having me on here. Right. You know, <laughs> why would this be? But, um, Turns out it was Joe and he, he asked me to come play um, in London at the Hammersmith Apollo with him um, back in 2011. Um, and we just kind of kept in touch ever since. And then I played at Glasgow Royal Concert Hall with him in 2012. And last year um, I jammed with him at Manchester Arena, which is... It's pretty crazy, but um, he's a good guy. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm interested to know. So you didn't, you didn't reply. Did you get another email back from him saying, "Hey, I emailed you that you didn't get back to me," or did you just like, <laughs> just in case it is him, I better email him? Yeah, no, it's like that. I think it's the type of thing that I just the next day, like my dad was like, "You should really, you should." You know, email back, <laughs> um, and it turns out, and it was his dad who had seen the video and emailed Joe and be like, "Oh, this girl's playing your track." <laughs> so wow, yeah, that's, that's a that's... story. <laughs> right, so that's how it came about. Tell us about the yeah. experience itself. You, you played a, a few gigs with them. You've been on on stage with them last year, the year before. Was that nerve wracking? Was it just sheer excitement? Was that a bit of both? Talk us through it. Um. Well, the first time I played with him, um, I think I was I was seventeen at the time, um, and actually Bernie Marsden from White Snake jammed with us as well. No way! <laughs> um, and yeah, the Hammersmith Apollo. But it's like it's you're so nervous, but I don't actually remember much of being on stage. You know, it's one of those things, how was it? I don't really remember it, but, um, yeah, it's it's just, I think it's um, it's a bit crazy, you know, playing in such a big 
place because your guitar it's just so loud and you're like whoa <laughs> you know but um yeah it's a good experience and I think it's kind of like um it's taught me a lot and you know the guys in the band are really nice and just for them to support me it's just it's really good of them you know now, uh, Joe Bonamassi, I've seen an interview with yourself and you said he's, he's kind of taken you under his wing over the last couple of years and you've learned, you say that you've learned a lot from him I and mean, that must be quite an experience in itself, just being around him and listening to what he's got to say about um, work ethic. I think that was a big thing that he taught you. Is that right, Hayley? Yeah. Yeah, like, um, he was, like, a professional musician from, like, I don't know, the age of 13 or something. He's just been touring ever since. And, I like... Um, I've never seen him really do much promotion. It's just tour, tour, tour. Right. Um, and it's like a really different approach to, you know, um, being an artist. And, um, like, I, I remember um, people saying that they saw him at, like, um, uh, really small clubs in, like, Edinburgh and Glasgow. And then the next time he came around, it would be that little bit bigger. And the next year, and... Um, just like he's just constantly working and you know um, he's determined and I think just that mo- a lot of artists they don't work that hard nowadays. they at least have a break but um, you know and it's type thing he does get a lot of hassle because people are like oh yeah the blue shouldn't be on that scale but you know um, it's type thing that he's just doing what he's doing and you know making a success out of it. Yes, I can admire that. Oh, definitely. That's a really good point um, regarding the promotion front because he just kind of keeps his mouth shut and gets on with it and just gigs all the time. That's a really good point. Yeah, you you never see him on, like, um, the TV or doing many radio interviews or... Because people, they always do the press and, you know, it's just like, oh, he's playing another gig, you know, and it's just... Yeah, he's just getting on with it. He's, uh, yeah. he's he's avoiding the red carpet and just you no. know in the <laughs> studio. Excellent. So obviously a massive blues influence, and in, in you're playing. What other blues blues players do you like? I mean, um, no doubt a lot of the usual suspects. I would I would imagine. Um. Yeah, like um, I really like um, you know the I don't know like I listen to. I don't listen to a huge amount of guitar music, right. you know. Um, I suppose I was really into Led Zeppelin, which is more rocky, um, you know, and like Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf are not exactly guitarists, but just, you know, that type of music. And, um, and Jimi Hendrix, obviously. John Mayer's like a big influence, just because I think people, they don't know quite how good you he is until you see him live mm-hmm. and you're like whoa um, um, but yeah I, I'd like to just draw influences from everywhere and anything you know um, yeah because obviously not, not just being a guitar player, you're obviously a, a, a singer-songwriter as well and at the moment yeah. there's two singles out, am I right in saying that? Um, can you talk yeah. us through that? Um, yeah I am I have two singles out my upcoming um, album, Death Devil Dreams, and they're both out on iTunes at the moment. One's Summer Days, um, and um, the most recent one's Hold Steady. 
Um, and I'm going to um, release a couple more singles um, before my album is due out on the 7th of October. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like the record, it's um, it's kind of indie rock, bluesy, so some of it's um, more, some of it's kind of poppy at times, some of it's really bluesy. Um, it's kind of like, it's taken like, I like to think of it as kind of taking a look at the classic rock stuff and putting like a new modern twist on it and yeah, hopefully people like that. Oh, I'm sure the reaction will be great, no doubt. Now, yeah. you were recording in Los Angeles. I'm assuming that's the album yeah. that you were recording. Was it all recorded out there, really? Yeah, it was. Um, it was basically like, it was recorded last year and um, the whole of the year before I um, I wrote about like 25 songs just in my bedroom and like um, I'd send, I'd record wee demos and like logic and send them to my manager and be like what do you think of this and he'll, he'd be like mm. you know and um, we just kind of, we filtered down like a good 14 and um, you know I had it all the kind of guitar, melody, lyrics worked out and I even transcribed a lot of it. <laughs> so like I, I went out, it, it was quite surreal and quite stressful but like I went out to Los Angeles um, and we had some session musicians um, that actually was transcribing on the plane. <laughs> but, um, right, I, so I was going to ask, why did you transcribe it? It was for the, the players over there. Well, to be honest, like I had never been in a situation like that before, so I didn't know how prepared I had to be. Right, right, okay. But it's not okay. me. So, just, so I went out there and you know we recorded it in ten days, fourteen tracks, and mixed it. And um, so you what? Know, it's like it's like fourteen hours in the studio. But it's it so. At what point did you hand them the did you hand them the music at all, or did you just keep it in a folder just in case, or did you say right? Here's your music that you're going to be performing with. That must have been a wee well, bit. Oh no, I, I was just like, I do have this. And they were like, Oh well, how we look then? And they were like, Oh yeah, that's fine. And they <laughs> they didn't even take it. They're, they're just pros, you know. Um, but I had um, Tim Babe on bass, who he's plays with Tedeschi Trucks Band at the moment. He's just amazing, and um, Alan O'Kay on keys. Um, and my manager Guy Eckstein, he played drums um, on my record and he produced it um, like on my show. But um, yeah, it was it was just it was pretty amazing um, to just like it's completely from Edinburgh going out to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles yeah. Didn't see much of Los Angeles, but yeah, ended up with that fourteen track. Right, from that, so yeah, it was a good experience. That's fantastic. I look forward to hearing that, particularly given that it was recorded in Los Angeles and the players that you've got on it. Um, just from the showreel on YouTube, it sounds really, really good, so I'll definitely look forward to hearing it. Now, you've been in Leeds College the past couple of years, that's right. Obviously, I'm assuming you're doing a music course there. Yeah, Leeds College of Music. Um, I actually just finished. Um, so I have my, like, we'll see how we do, don't have my marked back yet, but um, I have my graduation ceremony next month, but 
yeah, three years and it's um, an honours degree in, in guitar performance and, you know, graduating age 20 um, and I'm going to be moving to London and just try and gig as much as possible and write the new songs and I don't know, just, I think um, over the past three years I've done a lot but I've always had to go back and do uni and it's just been a juggle um, mm-hmm. of things but hopefully now I can completely dedicate you know, all my time to my music. Yeah, well, what Rhonda Smith, Ron, if you remember, Rhonda Smith was in the podcast a couple of weeks back, and she said that uh, musicians were professional jugglers. So uh, just like what yeah, you're saying there, Ellie, with, without a doubt, just trying to make everything work, but no doubt now you can focus 100% on the music. Hang on one second there, Ellie. we're just going to advertise some of our previous episodes. A lot of really cool previous episodes for all you guys to check out at scottcowie.com All of which have been produced by Ron North Ron, say yo bitches Yo bitches! One, we had Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols Then we had Huey Morgan On episode 3 we had Sandy Tom, our good friend Brian Ray was in episode 4 Episode 5, Orianthe Episode 6, Bob Jacobs 7, Dr Phil Toll, Metallica's therapist 8, The Grains from Wet 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 9, Andy McKee 10, Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene Episode 11, we had Cliff Goldmacher Steve White was in episode 12 13, Martin Taylor, MBE Stuart Copeland by the way, now that I mentioned Martin Taylor, Murdo, who's just nipped outside the room, met Martin Taylor and didn't know who he was. There you go. Um, Stuart Copeland, then we had Dweezil Zappa, Martin Harley, Julian Lennon, Carol Kay, Tommy Emanuel, Khaki King, 21, episode 21, we had John Gom, 22, we had Nick West, Thomas Lang was the week after, Rhonda Smith, Glenn Sobel, who drums with Alice Cooper, Graham Clark, part 2. And this episode 7, sorry, episode 27, right here, right now, we have the fantastic Ailey McKellar. And this is co-hosted by, all you girls, get ready, pee in your pyjamas, Murdo Mitchell. All these episodes are available at scottcowie.com, Stitcher Radio, iTunes. You know what to do. Subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, and be part of the Scott Cowie Talk Music Podcast family. You know what to do. The last couple of episodes we've had guests doing this, they've been putting together that ideal fantasy band, right? Um, yeah. So you can have whoever you want, whoever you want on the drums, on the bass, on the the rhythm guitar, I don't know, on the keys. So who would be oh, in that band? That's so difficult. Uh, this, this question tends to be the longest, so don't panic, okay? To, you know, take your yeah, time with this one. half an hour later, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> um, so obviously you, the first pick naturally is going to be yourself, right? Singing and playing guitar? Oh no, I wouldn't be in the band. Are you not going to be in your own band, no? <laughs> no, I would. I, would, um, I don't know. Um, Pino Palladino on bass, maybe? That's you. He's, he's, he's made the second, this is the second time his name's come really? up in the ideal band. With um, oh. Nick, Nick West a couple of weeks ago, who's Prince's bass player. Um, even though she's a bass player, she had herself singing in the band, and Pino Palladino was the bass player. So sorry, go on. All right. So, so he's <laughs> so on she bass. She was like, "I don't want to play bass." <laughs> yeah, she says, "Do I need to play bass?" I says, "No, I just assumed that you'd want to, but it's your band that yeah. you like." <laughs> Two bass players. Um, maybe JJ Johnson on drums. Right. He's cool. Um, I don't know. Um, 
I could have some backing singers, couldn't I? Of, of course, could like, have, like, is it, is your band that you like? Like James Brown on backing vocals, <laughs> like, he just do solos, like. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, can they be dead or alive? Yeah, do we, again, it's your, it's your yeah. band. Um, <laughs> um, quite like a brass section be interesting they could stay out of it sometimes and then if i felt like a brass number could come in um, um maybe jimmy hendrix you know to jam with <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that and that doesn't sound bad at all maybe jimmy hendrix you know maybe. <laughs> just uh, you know if we given that we've got the choice maybe hendrix you know maybe maybe so, so yeah. just to clarify so far we've got pino paladino playing bass we've got james brown on backing vocals Maybe Jimi Hendrix. We've got uh-huh. a, a brass section. Yeah. Drummer was. Gigi Johnson. Yep. I might have two drummers. That could be cool. Who would be drummer number two? Ooh. Um. Steve Jordan. <laughs> oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, they both played drums for John Mayer, but they just put it in the pocket, you know. <laughs> Um, really good. Yeah, for those yeah. of you, for the, this is obviously an audio podcast, and Ailey's ear drumming when she says that, just so everybody gets the picture yeah. of what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. So, uh, is that about it then? Did we have that? Uh, yeah. That, 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 I think that covers everything. There you go. That's yeah. your, 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 that's a, again. That's a that's a good band, especially with James Brown on, on the backing vocals, and, and perhaps Jimi Hendrix were undecided on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not too sure. Not too sure. Elite edition, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, of course, I just love it. Yeah. Elliot, of course, is joking on that one. Yeah. Um, I've Hendrix, though, I, I, do you know what the thing is with Jimi Hendrix? And we were speaking about this in the podcast before. He's a very underrated songwriter, I think. Yeah. Because everybody oh, goes yeah. on about his guitar playing, and, and obviously, quite rightly so, because he's amazing. But nobody ever goes on about Hendrix, the songwriter. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it, um, people, they, um, when it think of people like that it's like the performer they're an instrumentalist you know I think um, I, I think maybe since he was so pioneering if he was maybe about like 20 years later he might have been considered more of a songwriter because people were like so shocked by style of guitar playing um, but yeah he's a great songwriter um, you know, just, um, yeah, like the melodies, the structures, the kind of rhythms and all that. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's songs that Little Wing is just even, even quote-unquote, you know, song, throwaway songs, songs that weren't even singles are just amazing, really, yeah. really good. Yeah, well, he was a big Bob Dylan fan, you know, so, like, huge, so he was like, he obviously considers himself a songwriter. Oh, definitely, aye. Yeah. So, tomorrow, 93 feet east, you're playing on, in London. Uh, you're looking yeah. forward to that. Is this a full band gig? Is it just you? What's going on? Um, it's full band, six piece, um, which is always fun. Keys, um, guitar, myself and the, my other guitarist, bass, um, backing vocals, drums. Um, I always... Like, I always like to make things a bit heavier and rockier on stage. Um, 
and you know, and really up tempo and kind of and just a good mix of stuff. And I mean, it should be cool because it's on Brick Lane, which is I've always heard of. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should be really, really good. Um, so, as far as can you still hear me, Ellie? Hello. Yeah. So uh, you, can you, you blanked out for a second there. All right. So a lot of people um, speak about female guitar players, female musicians generally in the music industry. It's not something that I don't that I generally think of, whether it's a, a male or a female. To me, obviously, it, it doesn't make any difference. But there's a lot of people that say that, that females are looked upon differently, um, be it a positive or a negative thing. Do you yeah. find that at all, being a female guitarist? Um, or is it something that... that makes no difference to you either people's approach to it um, I suppose it makes you stand out so it's a positive um, like I find it really difficult when I was younger to find bands because you know when you're younger it's like you know the boys who are like oh I don't want a girl in my band <laughs> um, you know but I think um, as you get older um, I think true musicians are respectful and you know admire other people's, you know, playing, and um, and so it's good. Like I, I honestly, I don't really have any other than maybe Bonnie Ray. I don't really um, have any kind of female influences because I suppose you need to consider the music industry is like a predominantly um, male-dominated industry. So they're the people that you need to not compete with, but you know, you need to be on par with. Um, but, yeah, it's a positive. I've never thought of it as a negative thing. I'm glad you mentioned Bonnie Ray. Have you seen um, the Stevie Ray Vaughan tribute gig where oh. Bonnie Ray actually opens it? Um, if you haven't no, seen it... No, I don't it, think so. It's so good. She plays a track by Stevie Ray Vaughan called Pride and Joy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then um, she plays a slide version. I'm, I'll, I'll, uh, I would imagine it's on YouTube. Um, yeah. every, everyone. Slide version. Whoa, yeah, it's really, really. I've, I've, as much as I love Stevie Ray Vaughan, I think that's the best version of the track, to be totally honest, yeah. right? So I'll find that on YouTube and, and send you the link. Um, I'll do that directly. But listen, talking of links, everybody check out AileyMcKellar.com and check out her cool new t shirts. I've seen them the other day, Ailey. Brilliant. And do me a big favour right now. Play us out, give us a riff or something, eh? Yeah, I'll play with the Murdo is still with me right now. Now, having just heard Ailey play the guitar there, do you still stand by your statement that you're going to be as good as that for the next week or so? I 100% retract that comment. That was... I would, I would have thought so. I would have thought so. Totally but it's such a good guitar player, eh? I, it was incredible. It was really... It was such rhythm as well. Like. Yeah, it, it totally. I mean, she wasn't... Even the, the wee excerpts that we were given there, we've, we've watched Ailey's YouTube clips and when she really goes for it with the lead guitar playing, of course, the blues style. But there's just the riffs that she was playing off the top of her head was just really... It's just such natural talent. And without question, a bright future murder. Oh, 100%. 100%. Now, talking about things within the future, you are in the midst of writing, recording an album. What's going on? Yeah, I'm in the recording studio next week. Then I get one week off. From the, in the summer, so I'm away and on, on holiday. 
<clears throat> and then I'm coming back and I'm in the studio again and two different studios because one's slightly more expensive than the other one so uh, so, so that's it so the, we'll spend the money hopefully it goes well if it, if doesn't, it doesn't go yeah. well record it on your iPhone <laughs> Garage band, yeah, just garage band on the iPhone. No, no bother. What's the album going to be called? Is this your catchphrase now? I'm seeing this a lot on Twitter. No bother. Have you gone down the, the catchphrase, catchphrase well, route? What's you know, going on? I don't know. It's, it's such a, a kind of Scottish saying. Right. Uh, I said it a few times, but it kind of just caught on. And it kind of, as soon as you say it a few times, then people who watch your music and all that. I'm getting past an art, a, a, a wristband here as we speak. There's Murdo Mitchell wristbands, and I'm, I kid you not. Um, no bother. Right, now please explain, there's a lot of people that listen to this from America. Um, oh, right, no bother. No bother. That's what it meant. I, I was playing a game with Concept, who are a band from London, and, and they didn't know what no bother meant. Yeah. Does that even translate in America, no bother? I'm trying, it means no problem. No problem? And, and it's... And the, the, no problemo. The, yes, yeah. the abbreviated <laughs> version is no bother. So that's definitely going to catch on in the States. <laughs> Perhaps not, but nonetheless, the, the wristbands are really good. You buy these, you're giving them away for free. Yeah, but you can buy them. I mean, I'll give you one for free. I appreciate that. Thank I know you. you'll wear it because it's I'll be, pink, I was and, gunning for pink and blue just to match your uh, eyes. My tracksuit, yeah. <laughs> um, great stuff, right? So you've, you've got this, and I've seen t shirts online as well that you're selling. T shirts. It's all happening. Yeah, there's t shirts, there's beanie hats. Uh, bands, there's gonna be iPhone cases too. Posters. And yeah, and posters and flat there's flyers too. I get flyers out obviously but What's the album gonna be called then? Do you know it's a hard one, isn't it? I want an a like a good a good a really good inspiring title, but obviously it's not going to be Nabar because it's too that's too Scottish. I think that's too. It's now now too that we've discussed this and discovered that it's not going to translate to the states, because we want you crack in America, right? We maybe not have that. Maybe this is, should be a Twitter thing. Hashtag. Um, how could you get your fans to get involved in trying to come up with a, a, a potential album name? Well, why don't we that's hashtag good. hashtag Ask Murdo's album Murdo's album name? <laughs> really inspiring. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. We'll go with that. Okay, so start a little Twitter poll there. Uh, hashtag Murdo's album name. Is that short and uh, sweet enough? That's, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Uh, how about name Murdo's album? Name Murdo's album. One. Right. Okay, go with that. Sorry for those of you who already typed in the other one. <laughs> um, and try and come up with a name for um, Murdo's album. I, tra- I trended. Did you? Yeah, I, tra- I, I did an Ask Murdo. A hashtag Ask Murdo. Right. And I didn't. I didn't obviously think it was going to trend, and it trended like second in the UK. Wow, yeah. that's pretty good. So, aye, that's that's. So, how many people are getting involved in that trend then? There was like f- the well, there was fi- there was like t- fifteen thousand people tweeted some, but it wasn't obviously different people. It was the same people tweeting mm-hmm. again, and again, and again. So, I don't actually know how many people actually got involved in it. Because you're very, very popular on Twitter. You know, there's a lot of people. Whenever you kind of retweet about my podcast, which of course is available on scottkibbe.com forward slash podcast and various other different ways. Scott also, by the way, is uh, very good at talking people into into you know getting getting the right situations, getting into the right situations, aren't you? Sounds incredibly dodgy, but I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking off Twitter, a lot of people have, have asked and have, have put in questions. Like I said, um, Susie Swallows says, "Are you Paolo Nutini's love child?" I timed that to perfection, Murdo kind of took a drink there, just as I, I, I delivered that line. Um, are you Paolo Nutini's love child? Hashtag Kerry Katona being the mother. 
Any yeah, truth to this? Can I, no. Can I actually just say I'm, I, st- I met Kerry Katona. Did you? I did. I was busking and she took a video of me for about ten minutes. Murdo makes stuff up, ladies I, and gentlemen. Really? I one hundred. Where was this? This was. It was. I was. It must have been about ten. So it was also the cute factor. Two years ago. Or maybe she's in. T- <laughs> Two years ago, that's funny. That's right, funny. so seriously, Kerry Katona filmed you? She filmed me, and she had a bodyguard there too. So Kerry Katona films 10 year olds <laughs> on the street. There you go. <laughs> Heat Magazine are going to run with us, and this is the first mainstream publicity this, the podcast this. is going to get, thanks to Murdo, eh? Kerry Katona filming kids in the street. Although I didn't take the Kerry Katona approach, I didn't turn up full of drugs today, I didn't, and, 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 and for an interview. <laughs> Well, you know, um, I'll, <laughs> have you seen I'll, that video? That's a good video, isn't it? I'll, I'll, I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. I'll, I'll, I'll not kind of comment on, on that one. I don't. Kerry Katona might be listening. Yes. And if you are listening, Kerry, thanks for filming you. Thanks, on this yeah, show. I hope you enjoyed the. She filmed you playing she, music. What, busking. For a bit, I didn't know who she was at that point because I was only ten. And then, like some of the people that were also watching got pictures with her, and I was like, "Who is this?" Because she kind of looked recognisable. And I thought the guy standing with her was her uh, husband, but it was uh, which one? Huh. No, uh, I, but it was uh, it was actually her bodyguard, and I, so I thought I, I, it was a bit surprising. She must. Do you think she's an A-list celebrity? She was. She. I, I I don't know why I'm I don't know why I'm apprehensive about offending Kerry Katona here. I don't. Uh, no, I don't think she's an A-list celebrity. I think she was famous, but I think she was an Atomic Kitten, obviously, wasn't she? And and, and I don't know if you even remember, but she was married to the guy in Westlife. Was she? So that kept her fame going for an extra couple of years now. Then she was in Iceland, and now she's just kind of famous for being famous. But, you know, whatever. Good luck to her. Yeah, she's... It's all good. Yeah, let's just move on from the subject to Kerry I don't know why we've talked about it. What other celebrities have you met? Glenn Hansard to Kerry Katona. Busk... (laughs) Busted. (laughs) No, I saying busking. Busking's really good to... We were having a chat about celebrities the other week, wasn't we, Ron, the podcast? We were talking about um, Jedward. Ron met with Jedward at a, a yeah. petrol station. They Jedward? Were, they were thieving crisps, the Irish boys. They didn't thieve crisps, did they? They tried to. They tried to. Did they get away with it? No. No, hey, listen, Ron was behind the counter. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they oh, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with Ron. No. Ron's no. got tattoos all down his arm as well. You know, but yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. If, I, if you and I were Jedward, I wouldn't be writing crisps at his store, you know? <laughs> Because what I would have, because I would have killed myself for being dead. She's not new walkers. Cheer, oh, they could. Well, they're not going to be kissing anybody, are they? So. Each other. What other celebrities well, have you met then? Well, I was busking. Busking's a great way of like meeting people because obviously if you're in town and and if, if some celebrities are in town, they're always usually going down Buchanan Street. Which is the main street in Glasgow, of course, for the American listeners. The American listeners that are coming over to, to Scotland, Buchanan Street is a, is a beautiful street, but you might want to avoid that on a Saturday because that's the day that Murdo bus. Sorry, Murdo, on you go. Yeah, and... Murdo took that personally there, I'm not kidding. <laughs> what, what other celebs is there MD that's... Um, you must have some great busking stories. Well, actually, uh, uh, Katie Tunstall. Uh, uh, right, Katie Tunstall okay. walked past and tweeted me saying I rocked Buchanan Street. Really? Yeah, that's, so that was quite cool. Uh, kind of lesser known celebrities, but uh, Jim, uh, Jim Diamond, actually. Do you remember Jim Diamond? Mm. You probably don't know who Jim Diamond You don't know who Jim Diamond is. I, I do, but, you know. <laughs> anybody else? He was. <laughs> I'm trying to lead you on to Donovan here. I'm coming to Donovan. I just thought I'd try to get every single story. All right, okay, (laughs) of course I. We've got Jim Diamond, we've got the Jedward story, which isn't yours. Uh, Katie Tunstall, that was a good one. That's that's really cool. um, Yeah, we'll just move on to Donovan. So, yeah, Donovan, I was barking a Donovan song, bizarrely, and I saw this kind of well suited figure. I mean, just by chance, it's total luck. 
uh, <laughs> it was, and, and I saw him walking towards me, and I, previously I'd only just learned one of his, uh, two of his songs actually, I'd only just learned two of his songs, and I was watching him on uh, YouTube, because uh, I was watching something about Bob Dylan, and it was, I was actually watching the movie, the movie, uh, what's the movie, Bob Dylan's movie called? Ron. Don't look back. Don't look back. Thank you. Don't look back. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look back. Yeah, and in that was Donovan touring with Bob Dylan. Right. And I was like, okay, well, this guy looks obviously he's quite well known. I'll, I'll learn a few of his songs. And I kind of get they're, they're all right. They're 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 quite good. Uh, and of course, I was basking, and he, he comes over, and he goes, I know that song. And it's very because posh. it's his. You yeah, know. because it's his. I thought he was going to. Ah. <laughs> and I thought he was going to start like try to sue me or something, but somebody else was carrying his guitar, so I asked him to play a song, and he did because he, he started off busking as well, and he played we played Sunshine Superman together and Colors. Did you say you're on my turf? Can you busk a bit? You know, <laughs> busk about forty feet away because there seems to be this tough war with buskers, right? There's oh, tell me about it, especially with the Commonwealth Games coming up. Mm. Um, so you're gonna, you're going to be involved in and in, in, you must be. I'm actually playing at the Athletes Village. Right, okay. So it is very interesting. A friend who doesn't know what the heck we're talking about here. Because um, the, the, somebody was telling me this. It's actually a guy called Ryan Tyler, who's a brilliant singer-songwriter. He was saying that, you know, if you, you need to set up in the street quite early. Because a, a lot of people just think, oh, you, it's just a case you turn up and you play your guitar. But it's not yeah, like that. No. The earlier that you get there, the best kind of slot. Am I explaining this yeah, well? Yeah, no, absolutely. Right? Well, what it is is, you know, it's, there, there, there's bylaws in place to ensure that... You know they've got you. You've got to be like fifty meters or something away from the next bus. By law. Yeah, by by laws, by laws. Like, yeah, they're technically laws, but they're like council laws. Right. Um, so, so, but yeah, nobody really. The buskers are just usually all respectful and they're respectful of each other, so because like, they're all in the same game kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, if you want the best spot in town, which is uh, Argyle Street. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to clever? Are you trying to cleverly give away all the, all the buskers that are listening to this? All the young aspiring buskers that are a bit kind of you know green at the moment. They're sitting with a pen and paper. Well, all right, where's the best place? Gonna get a hot tipsy. Murdo's trying to kind of push them in a, a direction that's kind of wrong because he just did that wink to camera, so to speak. But yeah, um, yeah. So you, you you wake up. Some people are are there. Like a lot of people are there at seven o'clock in the morning to get the spot. Wow. Because there is money in it. There is money in it, and so a lot of people. That's their career. This is this is this is what they do, and so if you want to get the best spot, you may as well just be camping out, pretty much. So, yeah. So and then, but there was one time I was basking in a wee bagpiper, but the same age as me. I was ten, so last month, and there was a, a wee bagpiper about ten meters away from me, and with his dad and he was he was playing the bagpipes obviously as, after I was playing it like when I was playing a song he started playing the bagpipes and so I just went up to him and I was like look can you just can you just move on a little you know what I mean I don't want to just be respectful just move on a few a few meters anyway right and and uh, and he said it's a free street you know that's what, that's what the, the dad's reply was it's a free street you can bus where you want and so what I did was, bearing in mind I was 10, my dad was also there, but I didn't, he, my dad didn't come over at this point. So what I did was I grabbed my case and I pulled it and I just stood it right next to him. <laughs> so I was, I was line on line with him, <laughs> and we were playing totally different things. But nobody could hear me anyway, because the bagpipes were overpowering. So there was this two wee boys, right? 
and somebody put in a five pound note into my case. <laughs> and the, the guy stopped, right? So the, the little boy's father and then stopped and he goes, F off before I kick your case to Argyle Street. To a 10 year old boy, right? So I was like, right, Dad! <laughs> <laughs> Help me out here. <laughs> Dad, come here. And you can see the, the, the kind of colour of this guy's face kind of going down. And so my dad comes over. And, uh, and he, my dad's like, well, just can you can you move up then? And he, he said, uh, he said no. And so he was like, oh, fine then, keep busking, Murdo. And so eventually we, we wound him up enough and then he left. There you go. MurdoMitchell.co.uk Follow Murdo on Twitter. Your Twitter is... At Murdo Mitchell, and my Facebook is Murdo Mitchell Music. Because I mean, I would, I usually would accept people on Facebook, but I've now got so I, I don't know who people are on the Facebook. Um, I don't even have you on Facebook, Scott. Yeah, let's keep it that way. <laughs> uh, Murdo Mitchell, he's been a great co-host today, and ScottKibby.com. You can check out this podcast, SoundCloud, Twitter. You can follow me and check out the podcast also on Stitcher Radio. And we will see you guys next week. It's an absolute cracker. Do not miss it. Thank you very much for having me, Scott. No problem at all.